I'm an entrepreneur with a mission to share unique business experiences, tips of the trade, and entrepreneurial advice through fun and easygoing conversations with pros and peers. I'm Cassie, and I'm your host. Let's grab drinks after work every Thursday as we banter and brainstorm. With a shot of business and a splash of pleasure, this is the Mastermind Mixer. On today's episode, we're joined by Brittany, the creative behind Happy Lane Creative. Our conversation centers around building a business that fulfills you rather than solely on rapid growth. Brittany emphasizes the importance of knowing your ideal client, a critical aspect of business that can make or break your success. She argues against trying to appeal to everyone and urging entrepreneurs to focus on those who genuinely connect with your brand and are willing to invest in your business. And that is something I find to be so important. With a keen expertise in Shopify and product packaging, Brittany dives into how these aspects can significantly influence a business's success. She believes in the power of presentation and how impactful, well-thought-out product packaging can be in the customer's journey. Interestingly enough, Brittany didn't always see herself going to college. However, with her parents' encouragement, she pursued a degree in a field she genuinely enjoyed. And even more interestingly enough, she's effectively using that education right now to forge a successful path in a creative industry, which I find so admirable. Join us for a Peach Bellini as we chat together. Peach Bellinis are known for their sweet, delightful taste, which I think perfectly describes Brittany and what she brings to her work at Happy Lane Creative. Just as a Bellini mixes champagne and peach puree in a unique way, Brittany mixes different aspects to create unique creative solutions and products and brands for people. Enjoy this episode with your refreshing drink in hand, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Cheers. Hey, Brittany. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I would love it if you would just like do a quick introduction um, and tell us who you are, what you do, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so my name's Brittany, and I own a branding studio called Happy Land Creative, um, and we do... Uh, brands and websites for small businesses. Typically, we work with um, like Shopify or Squarespace sites. We've also done some Webflow sites, which probably doesn't mean anything to very many people, but any designers listening might know what that is. Um, like, yeah, so yeah, I've, heard, I've heard of the other two. I've never heard of Webflow. So then. Yeah, it's just uh, it's like a, a website platform that allows a little bit more customizability then Squarespace, but like Shopify is hands down my favorite because I love products and retail. I've always loved retail, like ever since I was a little kid. (laughs) So I love getting to work with product-based businesses. So um, tell me about Shopify a little bit and how you like fell in love with Shopify. I will say, um, I feel like my equivalent to your Shopify is Depsado, which I know that you guys use for your client management. Um, we do use those. Yeah. yeah. As it soon is as I saw it come like through, that. I'm like, oh yeah. Like she's, she's my kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, it's not at all like Dubsado, but it is kind of in the sense that Dubsado solves a very specific need mm-hmm. for business owners um, and for a, a particular type of business owner. And that's kind of how Shopify is for product-based businesses. Um, I I just think it's like hands down the go-to platform if you sell things online. Squarespace has um, some e-commerce capabilities and I haven't played around with their e-commerce in a a while, but last time I I did use it, it was very tedious and manual and you kind of had to do everything. Like anytime you were adding a new product, you kind of had to start from scratch, Mm -hmm. like create the whole page from scratch and add everything in from scratch. And Shopify, um, I don't know, I don't don't know how to describe it. It's just different. Whereas like in Squarespace, you're managing pages, you're creating an individual page for every single thing. In Shopify, you're managing the products. So like I'll go in and I'll create the page templates got it and then those page templates get applied to each product so the products all you have to do is upload the product and manage the products and like add the product descriptions everything else 
on the page design side gets taken care of. So I don't know. It's just a little bit more streamlined. Now, do you have experience? Is it like WooCommerce or, and things like that? Like, do you think that Shopify is elite to those or do you just have, is it all personal preference? I'll be honest, I'm very biased. I have not used WooCommerce, um, but that's because I have a pretty strong dislike for WordPress in general. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I just, I find WordPress to be really clunky. I find it to be um, difficult to update or manage. Like even if you want, I mean, maybe it depends on how you're using WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're using like a template, uh, like a template designer versus having something custom developed, which that's all I've ever worked with on WordPress is custom development. But even if you're wanting to just, you know, update a picture or, or not a picture, sorry, like a color or like a background or something, it's like you need a developer in house. Oh, I hate to when do it gets things. like so nitty gritty that I'm like, wait, am I suddenly yeah. a coder? Like what is happening? Right. <laughs> And you're like, I just want to change this one simple thing. I didn't know that was going to be a huge ask. And like, that's the great thing about Squarespace is that business owners can go in and change anything that they want, except it's almost like too much freedom. (laughs) Like it can go off the rails really quickly if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, You know, your columns might not be aligned or, you know, whatever. So it's almost like, too much freedom. I find that um, I feel like Shopify is kind of right in the middle of that. You do have the freedom to update colors and things like that. Um, You can change sizes of things pretty easily, especially depending on what uh, theme you start with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I, I do go in and I do a little bit of like CSS uh, customization just because I'm particular and I like things sure. a particular well, way. And like that's what makes but, you like, um, it, and that's why people hire you because you have the ability to do that, but it is user-friendly enough that you don't have to, if you don't have the experience, which is nice for the, right. the takeover on the back end. Like if, you're, yeah. if you're passing this on to a client, it's nice that they can still manage it with, you know, without having to reach out to you for every tiny change or adjustment. Yeah. And that's what I want people to have like you're the business owner I think you should be in control of your website especially for small businesses they don't have the the financial bandwidth to bring somebody on like a designer in-house or even on retainer um so you know for small updates like you should be able to make those changes yourself and so I really like enabling my clients to um be able to do things on their own. And I, I give them everything they need. Like, like when we do a branding, for example, we'll pass the client a, what I call a, a brand library. So it has all of their branding assets all organized. So they don't need to like take a logo, their logo into Canva and try to <laughs> change the color or like yeah. make it smaller or bigger or whatever. It's all already exported for them. We do like, Oh my gosh, there's like hundreds of files in these things, which sounds overwhelming, but it's all organized. So if you're like, I need a a black logo that is, you know, 300 pixels wide, like we got you. Yeah, I, <laughs> It's already made for you. Yeah. And I, I love that that was like such an, a nice transition because um, I am actually working with you to develop a brand. Um that I'm very excited about. So um, I want to talk more about branding. I want to talk about um, your background. Um, So let's shift out of um, Shopify a little bit and tell me more about like what it looks like um, in your graphic design background and how you develop brands and things like that. Yeah. So I've been a graphic, I went to school for graphic design. Um, So I've been doing it since 2008. Now, did you always um, know that you wanted to be a graphic designer? Like in, no. you know, in 2008, like graphic design wasn't nearly as like cool. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> no. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like a, like a poster child millennial. Like I was right <laughs> on that cusp of, oh, you can choose to learn print design or you can choose to learn web design. Why they didn't just make everybody learn web design yeah. and coding and HTML and CSS. I have no idea. So which one did like, you go for? Oh, 
I did print oh, because and I do. I love print. <laughs> I do. I, I just love print. I love magazines. I love yeah, packaging. Too. I love print. Yeah. But it really put me at a disadvantage because I've had to like everything that I know about web design or CSS is honestly like a degree from Google University. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do have a bachelor's though. Um, yeah, so I went to school and I did not know I wanted to be a designer. Really, I just, my parents really wanted me to get a degree, like for yeah. life reasons, I guess. Sure. And um, I was more like, I just didn't understand. You know, I was I, I was 17 when I started college because I was on the, the younger end of my class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why would I go to school? Like, you guys are paying so much money for me to go to school and you're complaining about the costs and I could just go get a job and make money instead of cost money. So it it didn't like make sense to me. Like, why would I tack on another four years? That's so interesting because I was was like, oh, I have to. Like I was in the space of like, well, that's what you do. But like where I'm at now, I'm like, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) It just, and I'm glad I did. I really am. I mean, it is also very rare. Like you're using your degree, which is amazing. Like, I think that that like the people that are like, oh, I went to school because I, I thought I had to, or my parents wanted me to like oftentimes don't even use, at least you had like the wherewithal to do something that you actually enjoy. (laughs) Well, and that was exactly it is I just didn't really want to be in school. And so I'm like, okay, what can I do that's going to be fun? And that is I can just get in, get this done and get out. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be like changing my major constantly because then then you're like tacking. Okay, so you did two years of school, change your major. Oh, now you're starting from the bottom again. And I'm I wanted to just get out and start working. Right. Um, So I was like, well, you know, I've always been kind of artistic. And my mom was actually the one who told me, like, oh, you should design logos. Oh, that's so cool. I was like, okay. mom seems really cool. What's a logo? (laughs) (laughs) She just, like, pulled it. She used to know somebody, like, way back in the 80s that designed a logo for somebody, like, a company by hand. And she's like, yeah, you should do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to work with, like, Joe's car wash. I only want to do it if I can work with nike and like the big brands like i wanted to design the big brands which is so funny because now i'm like don't nike better not call me like i don't want to do that i love working with small businesses like if if they called me i'd be like yes joe but then i got like phil knight on the other line i'd be like sorry phil i can't i I just booked joe's car wash (laughs) i love that so much so whenever somebody <laughs> onboards with you, um, tell me what does that process look like? Or even let's get even more specific. So you're doing this for other people. What did it look like when you did it for yourself? Like what is, tell us about oh the gosh. process of that. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> Designing for yourself is like, uh, it's so impossible. It's like trying to lick your elbow. Like you just can't <laughs> do it. Um, you know, and, and you can try and I've got half done brand strategy for myself and I don't even want to admit how many times I've changed my branding and my website since I started my business four years ago. Um, it's more of like a do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) I mean, I think we're all like that. Like I'm a virtual assistant. I'm like, don't you dare look at my back in business stuff. Like don't look at me. Like I handle it for everybody else. So mine is a mess and it's fine. We're just going to ignore that. It's true. It's a hundred percent true that when I tell my clients, like the, the pre-work that we do, and we did it with you guys, the, the brand strategy work, that deep dive work where you're diving into who's my audience, what am I even doing? Like, what do I do? What problem am I solving for people? What's my mission? What's my vision? What makes me unique? When you define all of that, that makes the rest of the branding come together so much easier. And I never... I tried to do it for myself, but it's really hard when you're the one in it Mm -hmm. and you're the one trying to define it. And I think 
a lot of business owners can probably relate to that because I think everybody starts out trying to DIY their stuff because, you know, you just don't, right. We all have a budget. Budgets are real. Right. Um, but it's really, really hard when you're the one in it, you just can't see outside of it. Right. And you kind of, it's so helpful to have somebody else come in listen to you word vomit your feelings all over their desk. And then they go, okay, here's what I'm, here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm seeing. Oh, here's the through line of what you said an hour ago at the beginning of our conversation to what you're saying now. Like, here's how that ties together. Um, When they're removed from it, they're, they're just able to see things a little bit more clearly. And so that's really helpful. I've had, um, you know, I've bounced ideas off of, some some of my designer friends they've helped me with bits and pieces of my own branding uh, but that's what I do with clients in the strategy process is I lead them through it's like a three to four hour conversation honestly but which I always feel terrible because it feels like a huge ask like <laughs> asking somebody to carve out half their day to sit and talk to me on the computer like that's crazy but I, I don't think I've ever had a client complain about it. Like all, all the time I'm getting feedback of, Oh my gosh, I feel so good after that. I have so much clarity now. Well, and I, I will um, say like people, from, from experience as your client, when you hear yeah. a four hour meeting, you're like, no way this is actually going to be four hours. Like it's <laughs> right. You know, it's like, crazy. It's not. And then we're like approaching the four hour mark and we're like, okay, like, do we have anything else? Like we, because it's, it's like such an evolving process. It's not, it's not grueling, um, but it, it makes you like really think and, you know, carving out such a long period of time, I think is nice too, because as the small business owner, you're bouncing around and doing a lot of other things and sitting down and being like, no, Mm -hmm. what do we want this to look like? You know, I, I find value in that and found value in it, um, as, as your client. So I do think that, out of the gate, I was like, no way this is going to be four hours. <laughs> and I think, I think we went like three and a half. Yeah, or something. We were like, we were just approaching the four hour mark and we were like, okay, like, I think we're, I think we're good. <laughs> it, it's like every time it's right around like three and a half, four hours. And it just is what it is. And I, I think you're right though, in like the carving out space, because especially as solo business owners or individuals, you know, even if you've got a, a team that you work with, like you're probably still wearing a lot of hats on your own. Um, and it's hard to carve out any kind of significant time in the day to think strategically about anything. So, so everything that you're doing is kind of getting this little like surface level answer. And I do this even in my own life. Like I just feel like I'm giving 10% in 25 different areas where I could give a hundred percent in one area. Like if I just do one thing at a time and just focus on that thing that I'm doing, there will still be time to check email later. There will will still be time to answer those texts or run that errand or whatever. My biggest um, analogy that I use as far as like, um, virtual assistants. And what I say to my clients is that you can only drive one car at a time. So instead of trying yeah. to like jump from car to car and just move them an inch, like just get in one car, drive it and have somebody else drive the other car. So, um, that's same sentiment as you're saying, it's like, you can't just like, you're going to inch along, um, both personally and yeah. professionally, unless you like dedicate a, a moment to actually get fully in the car and drive it until it's the task is completed or like the day is done or, you know, whatever it is. And um, I love that. Like I'm picturing five cars in a row and you just get in and out of each yeah. one moving it. And it, it's exhausting. Yeah. And like, are you like this? Like, do you start to feel, I know I can always tell when I'm doing too much because I start to just die inside a little <laughs> bit and I cannot form a coherent thought. Mine is that I just like, like, if I realize my business is very energizing to me, it fuels a lot of uh what I do personally. Like I'm fueled professionally. And whenever I just want to sleep, I'm like, something's not right. (laughs) Right. You don't have I know. I'm like, I sit down at my desk and I'm like, what do I have got a thousand things to do? My to-do list is two pages long but I just want to like lay on the couch. Exactly. And I'm like, I just need to lay down. I know. I know. That's how I feel too. And I can always like, I'll give myself that day. I'm like, okay, like 
lay down. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, all right, get back at it. Like what was wrong? Like what's happening? And then, you know, adjustments are made and then you, you power through. Yeah. Like yesterday, this happened to me literally just yesterday where I was wrapping up my day. And as I'm trying to, you know, close things out and check things off, I found three things that I had just left completely undone. I think there was like a text message half written, a Slack message half written. Yeah, you're like, I got it. An email half written. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even remember starting to write this. Like, (laughs) what in the world? And so it's just a sign to like, sit down, pick one thing and just do it. In fact, I've got these little timers. I got them on Amazon. They're like a little cute. I have that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you have it? Yes. And you like flip it to yeah, the it can time be like that 15 you minutes. It's, it's like a dice. So yes. you can like, whatever's facing you is like the minutes that it goes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's the funny because I, I have it. Yeah. I will admittedly say that I have not used it yet, but I do have it too. <laughs> I'm going in the step in the right direction. <laughs> it's really good. I haven't used mine in a while just because my life has my life went off the rails a few months ago and we've had trouble getting it back on, but, um, it, they're really handy for like, okay, you know what? I can't stop thinking about Mm -hmm. the fact that I need to create social media content and it's really distracting me from this client work. So I'm just going to flip my timer for 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this client work aside because for me, I'm always like client work first, client work first. But when there's something that's like nagging on you, Mm Okay, like, let me just flip the timer for 60 minutes, write whatever I can, and just know that I don't need to do anything else in the 60 minutes. The 60 minutes is just for Isn't it whatever that, that task is that's weighing you down. I think it's so funny when, like, just a little cube, like, hypothetically, we should be able to just make that decision. But it really right. is, like, so clarifying to have this little cube. Like, nope, the cube hasn't gone off yet. Like, I have to dedicate, like, I don't... <laughs> my self-control like you, I'm like, Oh, well my clients need all the attention. Meanwhile, my website's like half done, half updated my social media. God knows when I posted last, like, um, (laughs) so yeah, like really, really just letting that be my, my discipline provider is, is an easy fix to be honest. It's really handy, you know, and it, so my timers came in a pack of two. So there's the one that I keep in my office. That's like, the 15, 30, 45, mm-hmm. and 60 minutes. And then there's one that was like one, three, oh. five, and whatever. And I'm like, I'm not going to use that. But I actually used it for my son. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, he like responds so well to a timer. Like, I can use a timer. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, timers really do, like, they're, they're so helpful with the kids, too. Yeah. So, it, like, we're just all creatures yes. of habit at, on some degree. Of, like, oh, just tell us what I to know. do. Um, sorry, we like really went down a tangent on that one, but I, I do love that. Um, <laughs> so I want to back to the branding a little bit. Um, and specifically because you have so much experience with products, is there, um, like one buyer behavior or, um, something that you just like find to be the most important when navigating through your brand or how you present yourself, um, both online or you know, is there anything that you can say like, oh, if you're not looking at this, what are you, what are you even doing? Oh, that's a tough question. I think, I think the most important thing that somebody needs to know about their business, they need to know who they're serving. Who are we even talking to? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like nine times out of 10, people are going to say, well, my products for everybody. Like, let's say you're a, you make, I don't know, lotion Mm -hmm. or something like that, like a body care item. Mm -hmm. Well, anybody can use like hand lotion that, and that's for anybody, but who's really going to buy it? Like, are men really going to buy this hand lotion? Is that who you're like, are you trying to solve a problem that men have really dry, cracked, gross hands and their girlfriends want to hold their hands. So we need to soften them up. Well, then you need to make your brand appeal to a man because they're not like a man is not going to want to come to a website that's mostly for women and has, you know, pink and 
whatever, these little scripty fonts, that's going to be too feminine for them. They're going to get to your website and they're going to say, this is not for me. Yeah. But if you create your brand knowing ahead of time, like I want to solve this problem of like helping men have softer hands, um, then you can create a more masculine brand that they feel comfortable shopping at. And that's true for any um, industry. Like, are you um, catering to tired moms? Are you creating or catering to um, working women? Like, a CEO or um, does your typical customer, maybe they're more of like a, like a, um, like a minimum wage worker. Right. And so then you, you know, that kind of also plays into like your pricing strategy. Like it's just, it's so good to know who are you serving? Because like to go back to the, the man hand lotion idea mm-hmm. is your customer. Like, does he live in, a you know super nice house has is he like a higher end kind of he's got money to spend mm-hmm. or is he a mechanic that's like working in you know he owns his own shop and his hands are always filthy dirty right. from working in cars all day or something so and that that also kind of caters because a, a blue collar working mechanic is not going to feel comfortable in a really high end luxury you know uh, shop or website, they're not going to feel, they're going to feel like that's not for me. Whereas like a high end luxury person is going to see a $5 hand lotion and be like, that's cheap. That's not for me. I want something right. And that's fancier, even, you know? So it's just, you got, you got to know who you're talking to. A lot of times with the clients that I work with, um, even outside of like, Oh, everybody can use lotion. I I'll, like, people will always say like, Oh, my ideal client is whoever's willing to buy. And I'm like, that's not like, you're not that's not how that works. <laughs> I mean, like maybe at first, like maybe when you're just like, I think I'm going to start a business and I can make these hair bows and who's going to buy these hair bows. And then you can figure out like are soccer moms buying your hair bows or are, you know, celebrities buying your hair bows. Maybe that's when you're figuring out who you're selling to. But by the time you're wanting to like, okay, I'm going to turn this, hobby into my full-time business, Mm -hmm. you should probably have a good idea of like, you've probably made some sales already. Mm -hmm. Just look at, look at who's buying from you and look at, you know, who's, where are you typically shipping your stuff to or, um, you know, and it's hard because I feel like in the beginning, a lot of times it's your friends and family buying. So it can feel like, well, this doesn't count. Right. It does though. It does count. Um, so just look at like, what are the commonalities between the people buying from you? Like, yeah. What are the common denominators that you can find and say like, okay, typically like these, you know, I, I haven't really sold to anybody over 30. So I serve a younger client. Yeah. No, or, I, I think that's really good advice. And I think that it- it's, it's just oftentimes overlooked because people are so eager for the sale that mm-hmm. they don't, they don't think about what they're, or who they're talking to um, and who they're. Yeah. With. Well, and I think a lot of people are caught up because when you're imagining your business, like, oh, I'm going to start a business. You're thinking of what it's going to look like and what it's going to be like 10 years down the road. Um, and the, the visuals are just the first thing to come to mind. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I always imagine like what a logo would look like, or, you know, how do I want the brand to feel or, you know, the branding is the first thing that comes to most people's mind. And so I feel like that's where they, they dive into that. Like, I want this to look good, Mm -hmm. but they're not thinking about like, what's going to appeal. Like, what does good mean? Yeah. Right. I'm going to use purple because that's my favorite color Mm -hmm. versus I'm designing for somebody that would not like the color purple. Right. That's Um, so true. Which seems like an arbitrary example, but it's true. Mm -hmm. You want to, and we did this in your guys' branding. Like there's a lot of like color psychology that comes into play. And um, like blue, for example, is like the most America's, favorite color like everybody in america loves blue i forget the percentage of people that would tell you blue is their favorite color but like you'll see banks use blue a lot in their branding or um i don't know anybody that's uh 
dealing with like money or like Mm -hmm. uh, security things, it's blue because blue is like a very trustworthy color. It, it, I am like so fascinated by color psychology. It is like, so interesting, interesting how people respond to something as simple as a color. Um, it I is, think that that is so fascinating. It really is. And maybe we're like the nerds that think that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will live in that space that it is a really cool. Um, you know, I've always heard like people use red in like restaurants and kitchens because it's like entices appetites and, you know, that's what they say. Yeah. No, yeah. Wild. Um, but speaking of 10 years, um, what, what does life look like for you in 10 years? Like what, even five, let's do five. It's a little bit easier. Um, I was like, 10, that's hard. I don't know. Yeah. Five, let's see. I mean, I would hope, so I've had my business for four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can keep the doors open to six years, it'll be the longest job I've ever had. Oh. And I really like that. Like, oh, I love that milestone that working for you. For myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like being my own boss was like the longest job I had. So that's what I'm really hoping for. But honestly, for me, there's not really a plan B. So I don't have like an exit strategy or, you know, I'm not doing this on the side until something better comes along. Like I built this business to match my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless something super dramatic changes in my lifestyle... I still plan to be doing this business in five years. Um, Do you foresee yourself being um, in the same position in the company as you are right now? Um, Because you're very, as again, as your client, like you're very hands-on and the experiences, you know, with you. Do you see like a team development? Like what what does that look like? (sighs) This This is what I really struggle with because part of me wants to say like, no, like you should have growth in five years. Like it shouldn't look exactly the same, but I love doing the design and the meeting with Mm. clients and the hands-on stuff. That's what I really love. Yeah. So I almost feel like if, if it were, if the business were to grow and change and evolve, it would need to do it around me rather than beneath me. Yeah. No, I, like, I hear that. I don't need to be at the top, you know? I don't know. I've it's had weird. Um, some clients previously that, you know, they they come to me because they're, I always joke, like overworked and underpaid, right? And mm-hmm. what it boils down to is that they have gotten so far removed from why they started their business, which is typically because they want to be creative and they want to do what drives them. And as they've scaled, Mm -hmm. they've put themselves um, as the umbrella instead of underneath the umbrella. And I just, I see what I hear you because I've seen it. I've seen the burnout that comes from just missing what the whole point of your company was intended to be anyway, because you're in a more um, like transactional space instead of a creative space. And I think that um, all creative entrepreneurs have to use that side of their brain to be fulfilled and can easily burn out mm-hmm. otherwise. So I no, I, I definitely think there's space to like grow and um, still be hands-on. Like that's, you know, that's a beautiful thing about owning your own business is that, you know, maybe you just cap yourself um, at a certain amount of clients a year and then you have a team that takes on the rest, but you're still that like integral um, piece of the puzzle that, um, you know, oversees mm-hmm. everything. So no, I, I love that. And I love that you said that because I feel like it's a little bit of an unpopular opinion to say, like, I don't need to grow my business to be a million dollar brand. I don't need to have a full agency, you know, with hundreds of employees and, a, and an office on Madison Avenue. Like, right. I don't need that to feel successful. Like, if if you can define what success looks like or feels like, and like for me, a nice successful life would be that I can go shopping when I want to (laughs) and take a couple of vacations a year, like good Mm -hmm. vacations. And I'm a little bit bougie. So I have some high standards as far as hotels and things go. I want to be able to do that. And that's great. Like if I can live a nice, like Like just comfortable middle upper middle class life, 
then I'll be happy. So, and you can do that on less money than you think you you need. Like, I don't, I don't need as much as like Kim Kardashian has or whatever. Like I, I can watch Selling Sunset and I look at these houses and I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. But I don't, I don't need it. Like Like, more money, more problems. Like as long as I can. Oh my gosh. Right. Those people, they still got debt. And I'm like, how do you have debt? You have so much money. Cause that's just it. Like your bills get bigger. I don't know. Like the the problems (laughs) get bigger when the paychecks get bigger, I think. Um, But yeah, I I approach my, my whole philosophy, not even in my business, but you know, how I approach social media, like everybody, you know, the millionaire space in social media is going viral. Right. So I always say, I'm like, no, we just need to talk to the right people. Like, I don't need, mm-hmm. you know, if I go viral, maybe, maybe 1% of those people are actually people that would ever want to work with me. Um, mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, I'm like, we're not, we're not chasing. Like you said, like we, we don't need the selling sunset. Um, and I love a good Bravo reference. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, that was like what, Netflix. They're on Netflix. Netflix. But I did finish binging Vanderpump Rules, oh so that's a conversation gosh, for a different day. I can't. The, <laughs> the first. Um, this is just a little funny side note, which you already know this, but I have to. I have to tell the people um, that I've like. I was like, she's my girl, because the very first email that I got on the email list was talking about Bravo, and I was like, oh, this or, or the Bachelor. So it was just some like trash TV, and I was like. Yes. Like these are my people. I love it. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. I just, yeah. I also am all up to date on Scandal. So. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. I, I love that. I love that um, we can carve out these spaces for ourselves and for our lives that don't look like everybody else's. And we're like, no, we're, we're good here. Like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it takes like a, like a conscious effort too. Cause I find myself, you know, even still four years into this, which is not long, but, um, you know, I'll find myself kind of like following the advice of somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like you find a, a leader or somebody online that you like, or mm-hmm. that has a lot of charm or whatever. And you kind of start following what they're posting. And then, you know, you find yourself like, doing something or making a change to your business that you feel like you're doing because you should, right? not because it feels right or you want to, or it makes sense for you. And I've had that a couple of times in my business. In fact, I'd probably say I'm like sort of in the middle of one of those right now Mm -hmm. of just like, okay, wait, I am, why am I making this change? Why am I doing this? What's going to be the consequence of this? Like, the result of it is the result going to be something I, I want. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what we were talking about before, like what, what do you like doing in your business? Are you building your business beneath you and you're adding people that are doing the jobs that you used to love doing, or are you making other decisions that maybe aren't quite as yeah popular or sexy online or whatever, but it's what makes sense for you. Yeah. And I think that um, so. I've had the, the luxury, the pleasure of just seeing um, what that looks like for different people. And it's, it's really caused me to do a lot of self-reflection of, you know, cause there are some people that literally just want to be managers. Like they're like, no, I'm going to build a mm-hmm. business that's going to make me money, but I don't have to do that much. <laughs> like, there are those yeah. people in that space. Um, and, but I do, I'm like you, I, I love to get my hands dirty. I, I have to use, that side of my brain, I have to like get into, get into the thickest stuff to, to really feel like it's fruitful and worthy. But that doesn't mean that I have to like take on so much that I'm, I'm sacrificing a lot personally as well. Yeah. Do you, um, like follow or read about the Enneagram? Oh my gosh. I'm an Enneagram two wing three. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a nine. Okay, tell me. I probably look like a pretty strong one wing. What's the title of a nine? Like, Remind me. Uh, is it like the peacemaker okay. or something? Okay. Yeah, like I don't like, and I, I like when my water is very calm and very still. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I have to remember that these leaders online 
and I, I've listened to a few, I can't, I'm like, obviously I haven't listened to all of them. So I don't know, maybe I'm making a generalization, but I feel like the ones that I have caught myself following or caught myself being, you know, um, caught up with, they say they're an Enneagram three, which is like the achiever. Mm-hmm. So they're always pushing like more, bigger, better. How can we make it better? How can we grow? And it's really, plus that, that kind of, um, message that sells really easy online. But for me as an Enneagram nine, I'm like, no, like I like my little house. Like I said, I just want to be able to like shop when I want to and go on a couple of vacations a year. Yeah. And then I'm really happy. But I think that's in, in the industry that you're in. I think that you being the calming waters, your ideal clients are the threes because they don't have that. Like they need the clarity that you can provide because you're not as crazy as they yeah. are. Cause I, as a, a pretty, like I, I can get into a pretty strong three, like, and yeah, n- having somebody on the other end, I actually just had an experience recently. Um, I was hiring out for something and it just wasn't working. I, I wasn't driving with this person and I just, they asked me for feedback and I said, I just need somebody who's not like me. Like we are too that is similar. such good insight. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that it's like, no, I just, I need somebody that's a different speed and we're the same speed. <laughs> like I just, that is such good insight. You know, like I'm, I'm not a super details oriented person, mm-hmm. which is probably terrible to say, but let's be honest, I'm just not. And so I know somebody that I'm working with they need to be like, like, um, my project manager, she's incredible. She's super detail oriented. I've got a junior designer. I will send her like, I don't know, something super vague and she'll come back with all these questions. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, thank you for asking (laughs) those questions and not just trying to do it off of that. Um, so I too have, um, luckily, or I don't know, luckily, but she's, my best friend has also come on board um, with my company and she is super detail oriented. And I, at first um, it was almost like it felt like invasive a little bit because she would come back with all of these like questions. And I'm like, wait, I didn't know. Why are you asking me so many questions? I don't know. Like I, (laughs) I don't, or she would like, I would send what I felt like was a draft and like, not just being like, I don't know. I'm the person that like comes out. I'm like, a little bit golden retriever energy where I just come out and I'm like super enthusiastic about something and just like excited. And then she's like coming back to me with proofreading edits. And I'm like, Hey, like, can we bump the brakes for a second? Like I just wanted to celebrate in this moment. <laughs> so right? like, yeah, it's, good enough. Yeah, yeah. But it is, I had to, I say all that to say that like, it was all like with the best intentions and it's, it's absolutely what I need and what I needed then. Mm-hmm. But it, there was this adjustment period of like, Oh, Oh, so we're not just going to, we're not just going to do it. Like you're going to make sure that I do it right. Got it. Got it. <laughs> right. Well, and it's really good to know that about yourself yeah. and like, know like, okay, what Enneagram number am I? What personality type am I? How do I work? Like knowing those things about yourself, that's going to help you. Yeah. No. Have you ever been? First of all, do you know like the where you are, what numbers you are in the negative? Like when you're in the negative space, have you ever looked into that? Oh, on the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, I think a six. Mm-hmm. I go to like a six when I'm. What is it? Dissolving or deter? What's the word they use? Disintegrating. <laughs> I, I don't know the word, but I know what you're talking about. Where it's like where you, you go, like, like go when you're your... in like a bad headspace, basically. Like yeah, six for sure. Are you like and a... then a three? Okay. When I like pot, like when it's positive, Got it. which is so funny because I lived for a long time. Like when the Enneagram first came out. I was like, well, I'm a six mm-hmm. or I'm a really stressed out nine. Oh, and then like therapy and counseling and all of this. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a real stressed out nine. So, you know, right. get the help you need because you might not be the right. <laughs> exactly. Like you you're, might have misdiagnosed you're in the stress number. position. <laughs> like you're like, um, and something else that I did whenever I, I, I used to be like really into the Enneagram. Um, I would go and in, in working relationships and even friendships, um, I mean, even my marriage, like I would go in and find out what the other person was. And then, um, on the Enneagram website, they tell you like conflict points and like how you guys work well together and how you, um, like where you might find conflict. And it was, I would say like 99% of the time, like completely on point of like, 
oh, I'm feeling this way because this is how they interpret things as this number. Mm-hmm. And it was just always really interesting to hear like, you know, like it, you and I, I would go in and be like, how, how do two and nines work well together? And then it would, that's so smart. Yeah. It would give us like how we work well. And then, you know, here's where you might find conflict and how you can navigate through it, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. The job that I worked before I started my business, um, they made us take personality tests uh, when we got hired. The Colby, K-O-L, wait, Mm K-O-L-B-E. Yeah. Um, They made us take that test and it it was a really bizarre test because, you know, you can kind of like gauge what the right. what are the questions it's so subjective you, right kind of like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do it towards the number that you want but yeah. with the colby test we took it and it's like what, what kind of dog do you like or like, oh, okay. like, like they were just the weirdest questions and i'm like i cannot figure out what this question is getting at <laughs> and so i'm like well i'll just you know do i like a golden retriever yeah sure you know like <laughs> I, I would just answer it and um, the results were actually super accurate. And I wow. forget that, like, you'll have to Google the Colby test yeah. because I forget what, what it's measuring. But it's, like, it's um, defining that, like, innateness mm-hmm. within you that, like, doesn't really change. Yeah. And it was really accurate in the sense that, like, I'm not a details person. I'm more of, like, a, I'll, I'll, let me get the, the gist right. of the information right. and then I'll ask more as I go along. Mm-hmm. And so like knowing that about myself, knowing my coworkers Mm -hmm. numbers and where they fell on the scale of things was super helpful because you're right. Like when somebody starts asking tons and tons and tons of questions, I don't have to take it personally. They're not attacking. That's just who they are, you know, or if somebody is like giving me no information and I need more information, I know to ask because I know they're not trying to be vague. They're just like a, what's the the dreamer or whatever. And they're like, here's an idea, take it and run with it. So it's, it is really helpful to know, um, you know, about the people that you're working with. Cause it, yeah, it does make I think like it a does better work for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm a full proponent for <laughs> an advocate for the Enneagram and personality test in general. And I think it's just being like self-aware. Like we, we love a self-aware queen, you know? Yeah. That's what I think we could all do a little bit better to be a little bit more self-aware, like just in life in general. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, so, oh my gosh, we could talk for like 40 more hours, but um, I, know, I just, <laughs> just want to ask you, um, like, tell us uh, where we can find you. If you have any special offers or anything like that, like where, where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So I am on the internet, um, <laughs> happylandcreative.com. <laughs> That's my website. I'm on Instagram at happylandcreative. I think there's like a LinkedIn account out there somewhere, Pinterest maybe, but Instagram's where you'll find me and my website. Um, I like special offer wise, I think it's super cool. It's my most downloaded freebie. Um, the mother of all marketing calendars because like I said, I love product-based businesses and you know, everyone's always, it started because I had a client and she was really busy. She run like she was crushing it in her business, but she felt like she was always behind Mm -hmm. and she sold party supplies and she's like, yeah, they're asking me for, you know, Halloween stuff in July. And I just didn't know that people are shopping for Halloween stuff in July. And um, so it inspired me to make this marketing calendar to kind of help small business owners be able to look a little bit further out in front of them. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, Yeah, you know, because if you Google marketing calendar, you're going to find something from like a social media planner. And it's just like these weird social media holidays, like a list of them. Right. But um, like I, national, I've like, broken it up. Taco truck day or something. <laughs> right. And like, what good is that in your business? <laughs> so I've broken it up into like an actual calendar. And yeah, there's some social media holidays. You can pick and choose what you want. Yeah. But it's an actual calendar that marks out like, here's the big holidays. Here's the, the um, you know, what you're, customers are doing right now and here's the consumer behavior here's what they might be thinking of here's what 
Disney's doing because I'm a big Disney nerd yeah. and Disney launches their Halloween stuff in August and that's going to get your customers thinking about Halloween yeah. in August so it's actually not too early to be and thinking about Halloween. Like, so Disney doesn't do things for no reason so right <laughs> yeah. so it's just kind of like here's what the big guys are doing oh, and I how you that. can kind of like get in on that a little bit and sort of keep up with it so when you download that, you obviously get the principal calendar, but then you also get a monthly email from me on the first of each month reminding you of what's going on oh, that month and that. what's coming up next month. I'm like literally so going to go like, to your I'm website like, and sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like holding your hand like, hey, don't forget. It's Memorial Day this that. month. That's a big shopping holiday. And as a subscriber um, to your email list, um, I will, you know, just uh, I'll give you a little nod to not being like overbearing in the email list department. So I, I do appreciate your I'm email list. Glad to hear that because I feel like I neglect it. I'm like, oh, I should email more. And then like nobody needs more emails. No, it feels really <laughs> nice. It's like just the sweetest touch of, you know, like just exactly what I need. So um occasionally an email from Happy Lang. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So thank you so much for being here. Um and I'm excited um, to continue to work with you and uh, see how our brand and our projects come together. So um, I'm so excited. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So thank you. And um, I'll see you soon. Yes. Thanks for having me. I want to take a moment and talk to you about Dubsado, an incredible all-in-one business management platform designed to help you streamline your processes, elevate your client experience, and save time on the tasks that matter the most. Dubsado offers a wide range of features, including client relation management, project tackling, invoicing, and so much more. It's the perfect tool to help you grow and manage your business with ease. And because we love Dubsado and our listeners so much. We have a special offer just for you. Use code Cassie Lane at checkout to get 20% off your first month or year with Dubsado. That's right. You're going to get 20% off when you sign up and you use the code Cassie Lane. That's K-A-S-S-I-E-L-A-Y-N-E. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to simplify your business and focus on what truly matters. Visit Dubsado.com D-U-B-S-A-D-O.com and use code Cassie Lane today. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Mastermind Mixer. I love chatting with Brittany and learning more about the processes within Happy Lane Creative. Her perspective on creativity and her dedication to just making sure that she has a joyful life and a joyful career has been truly inspiring for me. Remember to follow Happy Lane Creative on social media to stay up to date about all of Brittany's exciting projects even the one that she's doing for myself. And be sure to visit her website at happylanecreative.com to discover more about her work and the amazing services Happy Lane Creative has to offer. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Your support helps me reach more listeners just like you. And that is something that I will be forever grateful for. And of course, don't forget to enjoy that peach bellini, the chosen drink for this episode, and toast to creativity, joy, and Brittany's inspiring journey. Until next time, stay creative, stay curious, and remember that in our world, there's always a story to be told and a drink to be enjoyed. Cheers. Cheers.